and children growing and active needed food. In her cool, reasonable way, Sibylla had said, We cannot stay with William again. The boys were hungry all the time, and when I went into the kitchen, that sloven who calls herself housekeeper ordered me away most rudely. It was plain, even to Sir Godfrey, that a house of her own was Sibylla's necessity as well as her right. I will ride to Intake tomorrow and put the building in hand, he said. The choice of place was obvious. Sir Godfrey was not, like many younger sons, a landless knight. In this, as in so many other ways, he had been singularly fortunate. It need not be a large house, or grand, Sibylla said. She knew that when he had money, he was inclined to be free with it. We shall not be able to afford a large household. A hall to live in, a kitchen and four bedchambers will be enough. He knew many women who would have wished to choose their own site, give their own orders to the builder, but that was not her way. In the morning she rose early to see him off, as she always did, even when his errand was peaceful and his absence to be brief. As his horse's feet rang hollow on the drawbridge, they were spending the summer at Beauclair. She called after him, My love! Let it not be damp. Intake was rather less than five miles from the family manor at Moyden, and when on the second day Sir Godfrey arrived just as dinner was being served, his brother, Sir James, and his wife, Emma, groaned inwardly, thinking that he'd ridden ahead and that somewhere behind him on the road was a wagon bringing Sibylla and her brood, and behind them his squire Eustace, and that great horse Arcol, who must have corn every day. Their obvious relief when he said that he was alone showed even Sir Godfrey that Sibylla had not been imagining the lack of warmth in recent welcomes, and when they heard that his purpose was to choose a site and build a house, they became positively joyful. What a wise decision! Children needed a settled home. Sibylla would relish a place of her own. The harvest will be in by the week's end if the weather holds. Sir James said. I'll lend you six or seven of my fellows to help with the building. The institution of serfdom was dying out, but the lord of the manor of Moyden still had some tenants who paid for their strips of land in the great open fields by tending his as well and by doing at all times anything they were told to. That would be kind. And what builder would you commend? Hobson of Baildon, James said without hesitation. He made an excellent job of our new barn. I'll send a boy in to tell him to meet you there first thing tomorrow morning. Anything to speed on the work. Let the house be finished by Christmas. Intake lay shaped like a dish, embraced on one side by the River Wren and on three by Layer Wood. It was not a manor. It never had been. It was, as its name implied, intake land snatched from the forest. Sir Godfrey's great-grandfather had had a surplus of serfs at Moyden, some of them a bit discontented, and one day he'd told them that any man who liked to go and hew himself a field, build himself a hovel, was free to go on and do so. They could live rent-free for five years. After that, they'd pay ten shillings a year. A number of men had taken advantage of this offer. The strongest and most determined had survived. Intake now consisted of eight small enclosed farms, each tenant still paying ten shillings a year. 
much less in purchasing power than it had been in the old man's time, but fixed in some obscure legal way. And in any case, four pounds a year was spending money for a family who ate at other people's tables and slept in other people's beds. And though Sir Godfrey was careless, inclined to lend and to spend, Sibylla was thrifty and very clever at refurbishing old gowns and headdresses, so that she was always abreast of the latest fashion at small cost. On this hot August morning, the weather was holding, Master Hobson was waiting, his rather sorry-looking horse tied to a tree. He was a prosperous man and could well have afforded a better mount, but he was cautious. If you looked prosperous, people thought they'd been overcharged. He kept a good table, had money saved, and his wife had the silk gown of every respectable woman's ambition, but it was never worn outside her own house. He greeted Sir Godfrey with happy civility.